Hey there, Suddenly Stephen listeners. Due to technical difficulties, I had to delete my episode of the Top 4 Faves Part 1, so I decided to break them all up into four individual episodes. So this is Part 1 of my Top 4 Faves. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, listeners, here he is, my special guest for today's episode, Mr. Anthony Exum. Hello, Anthony. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello to me as well. Well, I mean, it's suddenly <laughs> Steven, so of course, hello to you. <laughs> Just kidding. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good on this glorious morning. Yes, this glorious, uh, hot Texas Sunday. Today um, is a very exciting show for me, not only because you are a guest, but... Why, thank uh, you. But because of what we're talking about, yes. Um I haven't really said anything about what we're talking about yet. I wanted you to be on the episode to share in the excitement. But today we're going to be talking about my top four favorite divas, legends, female artists, um, their actresses. They've all acted. They've all wrote songs. They've all, you know, recorded many albums. And they've all proven time and time again, in my opinion, that they are legends and deserve a spot on the throne. Do you agree? I completely agree. <laughs> Do you have any um, any more any more superlatives to add? I mean, they're all queens of their specific genres. So, I mean, when you're talking about queens, you have to be reverent and <laughs> yes. full of fire. Exactly. Yes. Full of talent they're very very talented but they all they all are very talented yes. yes i mean and i know everyone is at the edge of the seat like who are these people without any further ado we will start and the first one that we're going to be speaking about today is none other than the queen of hip-hop soul as it is and as it will always be miss mary j blige yes yeah. I feel like I need on some uh, thigh-high boots or something to dance around in. Because to me, it seems like the way that it is is just completely carefree abandon. And you're just like feeling your own music and pumping yourself up. And you just got to dance it out and just show everybody like visually how excited you are to be performing for them. Right. Which a lot of people don't do. Wasn't she the first one? I mean, that was her thing. I mean, no one else was doing that. Exactly. Like a lot of people don't do that. Like when you go to see people perform and they're just standing in one spot behind the microphone, mm-hmm. waving their arms, that she doesn't was, work for me. She was feeling it and feeling herself and we appreciate it. And that way we feel it through her. Mm-hmm. Now she was born January 11th, 1971. I can just only say that whenever I first became a fan was when her debut album was released. In 1992, um, I'm sure you have all the stats of this, but I will just say I worked in a music store and, you know, we get promo CDs all the time. And you sure it wasn't a record back then? Well, it was a C- <laughs> it was a CD at this point. Um, yeah, it was. A, I had to think about it for a minute. Yes, it was a CD. Um, yes, but we were closing. We were cleaning up, blah, blah, blah. And I heard this sound and they started playing it. And I thought, who is this? And instantly I thought it was someone older, 
someone very seasoned and experienced. So I was like, who is this? So I ran up there and I was like, who is Mary J. Blige? I mean, she totally like blew me away. And I was instantly a fan. And I knew that I would be for the rest of my life. Well, I think the great part about Mary is her her beginning where she's in one of those mall record stores and she makes a recording of Anita Baker song. Somebody gets it then somebody gets it. And then it lands on Andre Harrell's desk at Uptown Records. And he's like, who is this girl? Like anybody singing Anita Baker song has to have some sort of musical Mm -hmm. chops. So that's, that's it right there. And then if you think about who Andre Harrell is and him finding so many people and immediately sensing her talent, Mm -hmm. that's, blown away there are people that it takes a while for just them to be noticed and it just her voice says it all right and it does and it says it says so much in terms of like experience that she had had at that point i mean she was very young i'm not exactly sure exactly how young she was i can't do math that well but (laughs) but she was so just honest and and raw and i think that even over the years and even of how polished that maybe her records have become or, you know, not as street as maybe people at once said that she was. Mm -hmm. Now you still hear that rawness and you still hear that vulnerability and you still hear that like desire to still, you know, entertain and to kind of like as everything that she's ever done, it's kind of like where she's growing along with us. Exactly. And you still feel that. And that's one thing that in particular that always has, made me feel so good about loving Mary J. Blige is that when I listen to her sing, she could sing the phone book. I'm going to believe everything that she's singing. I'm going to believe every single word. And I have every single time I've never, mm-hmm. I don't feel like she's ever faked the funk. It's always right. been real. And I'm teased all, well, not all the time, but I'm teased by a few members of my close knit friends about how much I love Mary J. Blige. And I'm like, you just don't get it, and it's fine. It's absolutely yeah. fine. I think a good point about like her start is, you know, when he founded her, or when he came to notice her. Like his first thing to do was he paired her up with Father MC, which you know is one of those. Not that many people remember him and his music, mm-hmm. but if you listen to his first album with Mary on it in 1990 you can pinpoint every single song where you can hear her coming through the background. Mm -hmm. And then he featured her on one song, a song called I'll Do For You, which is her first featured single. Mm -hmm. And I mean, pretty soon after that, he went, that's when they started recording What's the 401? Because I'm pretty sure he realized there's no containing Mary in the background. Right. (laughs) And nor should she stay there. But you know what's so interesting about that is when you look at everything that she's been on, like she's guested on or whatever. I mean, that is like the when I think when I look back at all four of my faves, as far as like any kind of background work they did or even featured artists, Mm -hmm. her and then one of the other ones we're going to talk about had so many of those over the years, like. I'm thinking, okay, do you just love to do this? Or are you that sought after that yeah. people just want your sound on their record? Right. And to go along with that, I have a, a, a Mary J. Blige superlative. So 
Mary has won a total of nine Grammys as of last week when I, when I looked this up. And she is the only artist to win a Grammy in the R&B category, hip-hop category, pop category, and gospel category. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Miss Mary is from A to Z. I right. completely agree. She can, sing the, she can sing the phone book. Right. And she can, and I would listen to it. I might yes. only listen to it once, but I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have some uh, favorite Mary songs? So my Mary J journey, I should say, starts pretty much for me, like right around junior high, high school. That's when I took notice of her seriously and like listened to the words that she was singing. You know, previous to that, I definitely heard her songs on the radio. My mother and my aunt just love some Mary J Blige. But me taking notice of her was probably around the Mary album. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite album of hers is that album. And my favorite song is of hers is off that album. It's a song called Your Child. Oh, yes. It's just because of her conviction singing to this mm-hmm. man that she absolutely loved and he did her wrong. And she's right. explaining to him, like, this is, this is what you did and this is... This is it for me. Mm-hmm. I just and how, and how she's gonna still stand by him. Yes, stand by him. Stand by your man, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you what you did wrong to me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that song, knowing Mary's history, might have been a bit uh, foreshadowing or prophetic, whatever you want to call it. Right, but, right. But it's it's a fantastic. It's my it's my number one of hers. And I I love it too. Um, I. I will say I love that album and I wouldn't, I can't even really pinpoint, I can pinpoint a few songs that I really, really love. But I remember when I first heard that album, it had already been out for a while. Um, my Mary J. Blige obsession was not necessarily like consistent. I still loved her, but there were different times in my life where I was like, I might not have got that album on that day of the release. So I remember the same thing that happened with that album. I actually was, working in another music store yeah that's all i guess it sounds like that's all i've done in my life is work at a music store but that was another one that i was that i was made aware of working and listening to this uh this copy of this album and it's like it just it just it takes me back to ninth grade thinking that i knew everything about the world listening to miss mary j blige knowing i didn't know nothing And I like that, you know, there's a, like a remix of that, too. That's yes, from the yes. um, Dance With Me album. And I really, really like that. Now, whenever I think of like, if there's songs of Mary that just kind of really stand out. I mean, there's so many, but if I have to pinpoint anything, it would actually be on one of her more recent LPs, The London Sessions. And Doubt is my absolute favorite on that album and i don't know what exactly it is in in regards to what really stands out for me because there's so much about it but then the song is just so like again you're going to listen to me you're going to you know i'm i'm gonna do this even though you're doubting me and everything it 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 just really really i think speaks to me and it speaks to you at different times of your life depending on what you're going through you can kind of like find a Mary J. Blige song. 
Yeah. And I think it also, and I think that's why she's so big with people because she's so assertive and she, even in her sadness and even in her down about her feelings and she makes her presence seem right. Exactly. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. And that whole album, because, you know, that was where she was doing something different. She decided to go to London, hence the name, the London sessions and record with a lot of new producers that she never uh, worked with. And I think that at that time, people were just kind of like, think about all the times where people have said, no, Mary, you can't do that. No, Mary, um, this isn't gonna be right for you. But she still followed her gut and she still did it. It may have not have been like one of her most, you know, popular or even, you know, sold the most records, but each of her records, in my opinion, really stand on their own even like least favorites yeah. or even, you know, they still, you they're undeniable. Mary has a total of 18 multi-platinum albums. Like you can't argue with that. <laughs> she sold over a hundred million albums worldwide. You can't, you can't argue with that. No. <laughs> she has 10 number one R&B albums. There is something to say about that. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people that when their stacks, when their stats add up, they would kill to have the Mary J. Blige stats, mm-hmm. like hand down. And her fans are diehard mm-hmm. fans yes, because because she is speaking to each and every one of us. Exactly. Yeah, I'll speak on that because. Um, one time that I did get to uh, go backstage or, you know, do the little meet and greet. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I do have a tattoo um, with her name on my back with the other three faves. So that's another reason why I'm doing this, this episode, but I took a picture of it and then took it to the meet and greet. Now I'd never been, I'd been to a meet and greet before, but I never really, had been to one like this where it was such a short period of time that you have to mm-hmm. to talk to them. We were I was in line, I was nervous, I was making friends with everybody around me. I was there by myself. I didn't have any um no one came with me because I was uh I think second row in the concert. So I was really excited and she probably was able to sweat on you. Oh I know I felt it. I know I did. <laughs> I'll be posting some videos from that concert uh after we you know, after this episode airs, but the, um, the energy was just so amazing, but I got to talk to her for probably, I would say about 45 seconds. And the person that was directing it was saying, Hey, um, don't try to give her a hug. You know, she's got to stay healthy, which I understood. Don't, you know, try to, you know, do this, just lean in for the picture and then, you know, be on your way. And in my mind, it's like, I'm not going to be able to tell her about this tattoo. I'm not going to be able to tell her how much I love her. And I had the picture in my hand, just kind of ready to show her. I'm like, the, the, and the person that was actually doing the, uh, the direction or directing or whatever was like, oh, looking at it, like, what am I about to do with it or whatever, which I understood. But I got there. I said, Mary, I've got this tattoo. And here it is. And I showed her and I said, I think you're just amazing. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, and then she she hugged me. She like grabbed me and pulled me closer to her. And I was like, oh, I said, okay, I got my hug. I got my 45 seconds and walked out. 
and walked walk to my seat. And I mean, that was just, it was, it was everything that I needed it to be. I didn't need it to be any longer than that. Right. And that's good, especially when you see pictures online of people that have these really awkward meet and greets where people have to stay like, you know, six feet away from them. And this is pre-COVID where yeah. like, and we, you and I have an experience with <laughs> one of your other people on the yeah. list. So we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But meet and greets can be awkward and I'm glad that she was able to make it less awkward and realize that mm-hmm. you were a true fan enough yeah. that she was safe enough to give you a little hug. Yeah, and that was the night I wore my Mars Blackman glasses that I don't have anymore. I'm very upset about. And I totally was like, this is a different person, this meeting Mary Jane Because <laughs> that was the first time I wore them and the last, I think, because they, I think I broke them that night. So, yeah. You were just feeling it too much. I was. I'm telling you, that was it. That was everything. Do you have a, you have a least favorite? I do. And so 2003 from her Love and Life album, a song called Oh. For me, it was just. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It just. For me, it was a little bit her trying to keep up with the musical landscape and it wasn't as true to herself as her her stuff usually is for me mm-hmm. if that makes any sense i can agree with that i mean it's a good song but i feel like it would have been a good song if it were somebody else's song yeah and it was a it was a single that they'd released that she yeah released, right yeah that's and that from that album that was from love and light right yeah right love and light that whole album is another one like the Mary album, which is your favorite, mm-hmm. which is one that I've heard all of it, but it's not, um, to me, it's not one of those albums I can listen to all the way through and be like, yes, I love everything. Now, I will say, just since I'm on that, there are two albums of Mary's that probably it would surprise people that I feel this way because they're not as um, popular and as, you know, as far as like, sales heavy as some of the you know more popular ones but growing pains that came out in 2007 and stronger with each tear that came out after it in 2009 both of those albums i can listen to from start to finish and sometimes start them again like i don't know what it is but there's something about those albums that i totally relate to and just i'm feeling every one of the tracks on those two i can i can see that um now, one of those is the album that Be Without You was on, correct? Growing Pains? No. Um, no? Okay. That was on The Breakthrough. The Breakthrough, that's right. But Growing Pains has um, Just Fine. It that's has, the one. Yeah, okay. it has Just Fine, which, of course, that was a huge that was a huge song from her. But as far as, like, it was one of those albums where she was, you know, it was kind of like where people thought she was, I mean, the only way that I can say this is that she was going white or going, you know, to to try to attract the white audience, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you're still retaining, you know, your ethnicity, you know, you're still retaining who you are. You're just kind of broadening your appeal to other audiences. And I think that whenever if anyone is accused of that, I've never really understood it. I do on one side but then i don't you know what i mean right and to talk about people outside of your top four that is one of the criticisms 
that Whitney Houston got for right. a long time from the African American music community because she, <laughs> because right. people there didn't consider her whatever you want to call black music, R and B, whatever mm-hmm. they considered her pop. Right. And yeah, another one of the faves was accused of that as well. And that's what that's always confounded me because to me music is the universal language music is music it doesn't matter to me if it like i feel like mary j blige could come out tomorrow with a country song and i'd be like she put her spin on it and i like that i could but, see that happening i really could see that happening i feel like that's the only genre she hasn't artist. yeah i feel like that's the only genre she hasn't Touch. tested yet mm-hmm. oh and it's I mean, gonna happen it's gonna it's, happen yes she needs to come out with like a tribute song to uh, Charlie Pride or somebody like that and just <laughs> blow, blow everybody away so she can add another Grammy to this list. Or so do, can one se- of those, do one of those Natalie Cole unforgettable things and uh, sing with him. Oh, a, oh, that, see, um, do you have any people Here's in the her? Name's a good morning. Do you have anybody in her camp that you can send that suggestion to? I can send it to her sister. <laughs> we, we chat every now and then. There you go. Look, <laughs> one degree of separation away from Miss Mary. Right. Yes. Well, it's no degrees for you. It's one degree since I know you. Right, right. Because <laughs> you met her. Yeah, and she was, uh, Latanya, she was, of course, at the concert that I was at. And so that was the first time that I really spoke to her. I, she had said, made, she had uh, commented on something and I responded to that, you know, before the concert, trying to get in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, posted something from where I was sitting and then she commented on it saying I see you out there and so I was like oh my gosh you know this is sister. <laughs> that makes you self-conscious yes but I didn't care she she I mean I think it was even after the concert had started and so she saw me and all my fandom and all my craziness or whatever but yeah my um the next thing that I want to talk about as far as with Mary is concerned is my favorite live performance of hers on TV. Mm -hmm. And this is something that probably a lot of people, uh, this is their favorite, but the Grammys, when she did No More Drama, that, and whenever she did, whenever she won for the, uh, all the awards, the breakthrough year, um, when she did Be Without You, and she started, you know, that kind of slow, and she kind of built up, and then went into Stay With Me, but the no more drama in particular, because that was another thing where it was just like, I'm feeling this. It's like I was right there. It was like I was right there with her. And I felt every single bit of it. And she did it with such conviction. I mean, no more no more drama to me was her biggest conviction song. Right. And no more drama is, I mean, it's a traditional R&B song, but if, if they change just a couple of lyrics that would be a gospel song that right. is that is the power of that song is you feel her reaching out to the higher power saying that i don't want no more drama <laughs> right and and then to to bounce from that to be without you where the most successful r&b song of all time 15 mm-hmm. weeks at number one 75 weeks total on the r&b charts that's like so that's, crazy. Nobody that's has so come crazy. close to that yet. That is amazing to me. And when when you sent that to me the other day, I was like, I didn't even know this. That it, you know, that that was still a record that was being held by her. 
you would hear that, I would be driving in the car, you know. I still got the same car from when that song came out, by the way. And so, <laughs> so, so I got six presets, and I would be driving along, and three out of those six presets would be right. in some part of Be Without You. Yes. that That's Mary J. Like, I can't. Chemistry was crazy from the get-go. <laughs> well, I think that I, I'm really excited that we were able to talk about Mary. Was there any other facts, factoids that you wanted to share? There are a couple more facts. Along, okay. with, along with her Grammys, Mary has four American Music Awards, 12 Billboard Music Awards. And then when we switch over a little bit to kind of meld her acting with her singing, she has three Golden Globe nominations. And Mary has two Academy Award nominations. Yeah. She was the first double nominee in acting and songwriting. Right. Which now, I think every year after her, there has been somebody that's done that, but she was the first. Right. Absolute and first. Absolute first. So they can't take that away from her. Right. She's the blueprint. Like, if right. any, I feel like if any, any of these little young girls want to come up, they need to use Mary. Mary along with a few other people, but mainly Mary, because Mary has done it her own way. She mm -hmm. hasn't let people step in front of her. She hasn't let people take Dictate control of her, her career. Exactly. Yeah, not at she, all. Is, she is the blueprint. We love you, Mary. We're we so, do love you, Mary. We're so happy we are, you are here. Hey, you guys. I hope you enjoyed part one, all about Miss Mary J. Blige. Stay tuned for part two that will be released in about a week. And I hope you enjoy that one as well. you enjoyed the show today make sure and subscribe to this podcast and tell all of your friends that's how it gets listened to more and then you can check me out on any of the social media platforms that we have which would be facebook at suddenly steven that would be instagram also suddenly steven and twitter would be suddenly s-t-e-p-h-e -E. they didn't let me have the n also, you can email me at suddenlystephen1 at yahoo.com. Tell me what you think about the episodes. Tell me what you'd like to hear on the episodes. I'm here for you and for me too. Have a great one.